Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Because I understood that people in the audience are listening, and it's so much easier for them 
to have context over the last speaker than it is for me to be like, okay, now let's shift complete gears and let's go in right field, which is good times. But I'm going to kind of bounce off of Stephen with a lot of things that I have to say about today. And I just want to give everyone a chance just to unmic and just say thank you, say thank you because he does so much for thank you guys. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Understand if you're in the room right now, understand how much he does for you. Like regardless if you're, I was just saying this um, when you guys were talking about like people that don't want to ask for help. And I said, understand that the moment when you ask for help and you feel like you're a leader, there's not 18 people waiting outside and reporter outside your door when you wake out and they're like, Oh, he said he wasn't ready. Like I'm going Kevin. Guys. <laughs> right I love that. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like 95% of people that are in this room right now, either are doing their own thing, like folding clothes or having coffee or like they just stub their toe in the dark and like they're not listening to like what I'm asking right now. I could ask like a very personal question. I promise you, like half the people wouldn't hear, half the people wouldn't care. And then the other people are focused on their own issues and they're taking notes from the, some of the stuff that Stephen was still writing. And so I can ask a very impertinent question right now. And if you want to you want to challenge me on this, the next time you're in a public setting with people you know or people that you don't know, talk about the person that's sitting three people to your right openly without saying their name. And I promise you, they won't even look. As you say it out loud and are talking and saying a question to the person sitting across from you at a dinner table, and there's someone three to your left and you're like, yeah, he's not even listening right now. It's crazy. Like I, you can say that out loud. He's not even listening. He, he's, wearing, he's wearing three shoes today. Like you can say the most silly thing. He won't even look your direction or she. And because you're just talking and you're not like, you're not shifting your energy. You're not being like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm telling you, if you need to ask for help, just ask for help because nothing, nothing's going to change afterwards. You're not going to be seen as less. And if anything, so the, the third part of the prequel, you know, they're not listening. They got their own issues or they're like, hmm, that's a good question. I want I wonder how he's going to, I wonder how this person's going to answer this. And so it's just really important. And I, I've been a coach for years. My name's Jeremy Burright. Um, I've been mentoring people for as long as I can remember. I really feel like it's been, I always say it's been about 22 years because I, I remember being, 10 years old and like everything happened to my dad. But I remember looking at my family and being like, okay, how do I get my family through this? How do I get my family through my dad's paralysis? How do I figure out how to change my life, how to change their life, how to, how to make my mom a little bit happier every single day when she's got a, a, a her, her husband, her, her lover, her everything is literally can't walk, can't talk, can't even open his eyes right now. He was in a coma for the first, like, I want to say it was like seven months. I was so young. I don't remember. But it's like, I was like, how do I get us through this? Because when I looked up at my older brother, he was looking at the wall and he was ready to go uh, uh, smoke some smoke some stuff and have some fun and just not be, a, not be a dad and not be a leader. And at that moment, I was like, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And, and, I, and I still don't to this day. And, you know, the fact that our family got through it, I'm just going to say a lot of it was because I was looking around and being like, how in the world do I keep this family together? It doesn't even want to talk to each other. And, and then what's really cool about this is this, this stuff hits so close to home to me today is I looked terrible. I looked, speaking of father time, which I believe is what we're talking about today. I haven't even looked at the title since I came in the room. Finding father time. I thought so. I want to make sure I got the right one. I looked horrendous for so many years because I looked like some tired, 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 stressed out person because I was putting the weight of the world on me. And the biggest thing that I learned that I'm going to show you guys this, this screenshot if I can find it in my phone. I hope I can. It's a, it's an old driver's license picture where I'm 15 or six, 16 years old. And I look like I could, 
probably be the sickest person you've ever met. And it just, it's just, it's only a few, uh, few weeks away from leaving this world. Let me see if I can find it. If I can't, that's totally okay. I'll, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll put it on my Instagram story a little bit later. But the reason why I talk about that is I didn't have, I didn't know how to walk away from stress and let people lose. I didn't know how to let people fail. And of all the things that I've talked about to my clients over the last year and a half, especially, it's the people that are really go-getters that are like, okay, I can do this, I can do that, and I can pull this person up, and I can carry this person over the wall too. And if Steven can't get over the wall, then I'm going to get myself over the wall and be like, I'm going to get Steven in, and then I'm going to do three more laps with uh, the slowest person on the, on the team, and then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be there for everybody. I can do this. No, it's time to let people fail. It's time to let the people fail that are, are bringing you back down in those moments because you're taking that extra time. And I spend so much time doing this because they're like, oh, my, you know, you're not a bad person for, for turning around and walking away in those moments from like your old friends or your family members or people that are sleeping on your couch or, you know, for parents in the world that have their, you know, 25 year old son or something like that or, or, or daughter that's still sleeping in their, in their basement. You're not a bad person for kicking them out and being like, no, it's time for you to go. Like, you got this. And the client I was literally talking to last week, she's always talking about the things that people do in her, in, to her in her life. And she's like, they, they just come in and, you know, they've, they've torn me down so many times. And I've talked about this and every leader in the world talks about stuff like this. And it's a red flag as soon as you say it. It's like, you know, what we allow other people to do is a thousand percent up to us. Like, even if they, they try physically to try and do that stuff, I, I have so much empathy for those people and, and their actions, which is just hor- horrible at times. But it's like everything they try to do is a thousand percent on them. And our response is a thousand percent on us and exactly the way that we feel about it. But this person um, was letting this person stay on the couch or stay on the couch and just another grown man. And I, I finally, and she's like, well, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I kick him out? I, mean, I told, he said two days and it's been five. And the question I asked was, well, when was the last time you had to do something like this? When was the last time you had to stand up for yourself eventually and, and set that boundary? And I, went and said, I want everyone to know in the room, too. I said, when you're setting a boundary, you're not setting a boundary on a human being. You're setting a boundary on behaviors. You're setting a boundary on their problems and the way that they act in the world. You're not setting a boundary on them because they're a human being. And you see that. And a lot of people that are successful they see that human being and they're like, oh my gosh, like I care for that person. Of course you do. You're a good human being and so are they. There is good in absolutely everyone in this world. And I get it. I respect the fact that people that are go-getters and the people that are happy and, and want to give that to somebody else. And it's like you hardly can walk by somebody sometimes without saying something because you hear something that triggers you. Like, oh, flag, I, let, let me help this person. I've been there. I've been there and I want to help them. And what I'm saying is, number one, they're going to be fine because think about the time when you had that was those big clarity moments. It, it wasn't when somebody was trying to bring you out of the mud. It was when you were down so far, you're just like, I, what else do I got to lose? I just need to do this. And you started taking action. You started taking action towards your next life. And you probably started taking action a bit quicker. And she goes, well, the last time I, last time I did this, I was just so frustrated. And, you know, it was something he'd done with me and my kid. And my kids don't like him. And which is just another funny flag when other people see the, the same problems that you're you're seeing but you're having a hard time making an action and a decision too like they're causing harm to your to your sons that are watching this they're 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 taking that upon that energy for themselves as well they're in the same house and yet it's still hard for you 
And then she's like, but I got, I got angry. And I said, you know what? You got to go. You got to do this. And I always pay attention to words that people say. And people that are kind and really nice are people that I used to focus on a lot. Because they're like, oh, they're, oh, you're so kind. You're so nice. You seem so sweet. And yeah, I promise you, you've heard this phrase before where someone goes, ooh, yeah, but when I'm angry, you won't like me when I'm angry. Like, you don't want to see me flip that switch. I'm the last person. And the reason's not because that person just is doesn't want to be angry. It's because they've been angry for three weeks and they haven't had the capabilities of saying it because they don't know how to rock the boat or ask a hard question or have confrontation in their life. And so by the time they are angry, they've already said these think phrases to themselves in their car and they're like, you gonna smack me in front of my friends? Like I'm going Kevin Hart again today, but they've already had that conversation so much that by the time they have with that person, they explode. And it comes from a place of negative, only negativity. And it comes from a place of like a, a, a have to, to protect themselves. And I gotta set my, I have to set my boundary here. You know, you don't have to set boundaries and it has to be that like this big thing and you can actually wish the person well and be like, hey, you know, it's, <laughs> I wish you well. Like, I, I just, I can't be this person for you. I can't. And if anything, and here's my opinion on life. And I've said this a lot. And I was like, this is what I told her. I said, you know, you're not being a bad person for setting this boundary with that person's actions or the, the vibe or the energy. You're being caring to yourself. And when you figure out your opinions, and it's for everyone in the room, when you figure out your, your core, 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 core opinions, on a lot of the big values in your life, you will have a completely different set of friends. You'll have a completely different set of colleagues and people that you allow into your life. And you'll have a completely different level of focus on your career and like how to get up this path. And Stephen was just saying it. There isn't, there isn't this goal when you're a coach of creating a path with someone usually. Sometimes there's a strategy problem. The majority of it is who the heck are you and can you be this on a consistent basis? Because if you are, then every present, every situation that you show up in, you're going to be present and you're going to see the problems for what they are. You're going to see the gifts for what they are. And you're going to be able to walk away from certain things and you're going to be able to walk towards others. And you're going to be able to uplift certain people that need to be more outspoken, that have a really good mouth and a really good idea. And they need to be the ones that are kind of helping the team go forward. And then there's the people that are, you need to look at and be like, hey, mm -mm, it just needs to stop. And you need to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation maybe on the side of, I understand you're trying to help. I understand you're trying to be energetic and you're trying, you have this so much passion for this community. You have so much passion for yourself, but right now you're not helping. And here's the reason why. And then it's, it's able to have those conversations. And the way I told her, I said, you know, whether it's on my team or in my, in my personal life, it's being able to move from through those situations quickly and through those conversations quickly that it actually empowers other people versus disempowers them. And so I was like, if I was in your situation, I was like, I talk about this in my course that I've been trying to work on forever and trying to upload one terabyte video or one gigabyte videos is, is quite the interesting challenge. So I might be uh, soliciting someone's help and helping me finish my, my video course that I was working on. So for those of you in the room, feel free to DM me if you want to, would like to help me with that. But as I was working on this, I said, the ability to say, hey, this is, this is not the easiest thing for me to say, but it's such a powerful, simple idea and phrase that you can take and use for the rest of your life. Because you're telling that person like, hey, I'm not good at being a jerk. I'm not good at being the hard person from time to time. And I'm gonna try to get through this. It, it, it allows them to see you for where you are. And you, you can even say like, so if I like, if I, if I kind of slip a few times or if I try, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work my way through, so I'm gonna be as aware as possible as I'm, as I'm rocking the boat. 
And I was like, I was like, that's exactly what you can say to this guy that's been sitting on your couch. And you can be like, you know, I should have said this to you three days ago. And, and I'm not the greatest at, at, at confrontation. Uh, I'm going to try my best. This is my new, this is my belief on this. Like, I, I believe that, you know, when you're here, you will take advantage of me, which is my fault. And I'm not helping you and you're not helping me in the situation. So I'm giving you till Tuesday. And if you don't have the money for me by then, like, I have to, I have to move on. Like it's, it's hurting me too much throughout my day and it's causing me frustration and I'd rather just cut my losses and you're going to be just fine. And if I'm babying you and having you in here on this couch, how am I helping your life? Like improve, how am I helping you improve by giving you an out? And do you realize what you just said? There's, there's no rebuttal for, because even if he's like, well, you're just being this, I know I'm, I, I, I said, I, I don't like doing this. Or if he's like, if he goes, well, I, I thought we were close friends. I thought we were this. The way that I can help you as a friend sometimes is by not helping you because I remember this moment where I was here. And I remember why I felt like I had to pull myself out of, this, out of the strands and stay in a hostel, basically Airbnb situation, or I slept in my car for like a week. I've been there too. I get it. Like, I, and I'm sorry, you, you might be frustrated with me for a week. I have no problem with that. And if anything, the fact that I haven't been able to communicate with you in the past, be frustrated with me. That's fine. And if you don't come around, well, you don't come around, but I fully expect you to because I fully expect you to be okay. You're not giving them the space to learn that, to earn, learn that consequence that they need to learn. And that message that somebody else is maybe trying to give is maybe not the same one. And so the second thing I want to say, and then I'll be wrapping up here probably in the next like six or seven minutes. So if you guys want to feel free to jump in the conversation, feel free. Or if at some point you're like, yo, Jeremy, I just got to jump in. I got to jump in. You always free to unmike and just and just be like, "Hey, Jeremy, do you mind if I expand on that, or do you want to? Can I ask you a question on this?" But I tell I tell my my leaders that are in this world, like, you know, one number one, just be present because when you're paying attention, you'll walk that way. But number two, you don't have to wear all the hats. What is this idea of like a perfect day to you? I asked my coach this when I sat down with him, when my basketball coach, he was he saw me talking to some of the guys, he saw me talking in the huddle. And this is last year in Little Rock. And he walks over to me with his limp because he, he had cerebral palsy. And he'd done such a great job to get to where he was. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. He's like, hey, uh, do you mind if um, I ask you your opinion on like how I'm doing as a coach so far? And I kind of looked at him and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, man, I'd, I'd be happy to be happy to help. He's actually younger than me. And he's like, well, he's like, cool, man. He's like, I just, I really want your opinion. I was like, I gotta, I gotta ask you though. I was like, do you want my like full honesty? Because you do realize I do this for a living outside of here. And he, and he kind of stopped. He's like, he's like, well, yeah, of course. And I was like, okay. Cause like, I'm not, if I'm going to talk to you, I'm no longer talking to you as like, okay, you're my head coach and I'm down here. You're a human being to me and I'm going to try to help you the best of my ability, which means you're going to get like my full, full honesty. And he's like, he's like, now he goes, now I want it even more. He goes, I want to buy you lunch. It's like, okay. And within 35 minutes, he was crying because I was one of the first people in his life that had ever looked at his cerebral palsy like he was completely normal. And I said, look, when it comes to ABC and NBC and 
whatever other kind of channel you want to be on and the people that you want to inspire in this world, 100%. I'm so excited for your story to be important. As your player, I do not care what has happened in your life. I do not care the problems that you've been through. I don't care about any kind of inspirational story when it's the third quarter and we're down by six and I need you to drop a play. I don't care. I, this isn't Coach Carter. I was like, this isn't an ABC program. I was like, you have this idea that practice needs to be perfect and I'm watching you do it every single day. And for the most part, you're doing a good job, but then you just don't speak up because someone, another coach will walk in and you feel like you're too young and I watch it happen and I'm watching the players lose respect for you. I'm watching the players be like, oh, who's this guy? I was like, dude, you're young. It's like, you have to be, you have to be able, regardless of how old you are, none of that, none of that matters anymore at all. There's no buts. You know, a lot of people you know, I watch on this stage, they'll come on and be like, you know, for, uh, I may only be 22, but, or I may be 40, I may be 46 now, but, and, but, and it's like, what do you, why are you butting yourself? Why are you already cutting out what you have to say? There's, I don't come on the stage and be like, Hey, I may be, only be 31, but because Stephen Kuhn is up here because he's had this much more life experience. Why? My life experience is so different than his. I've been in nine different countries. I've spoken the better part of eight languages at some point in my life to get me on a taxi in China to get home. I probably couldn't speak Chinese to save my life at all now, but I learned enough to, to survive in that moment. He might not have been through that. There's other people in this room that have millions and millions of dollars that might not have been through that. And so I looked at, I looked at my coach and I said, you are forever. Your normal to me is something that you feel every single day in your life. So your cerebral palsy, I'm, I'm sorry that you have to go through that at times, and I'm sure it's frustrating for you, you know, that you maybe don't get to play basketball the way that you'd like, or you don't have those things. I get that. I have a ton of MP3, and I could cry with you right now just thinking about that, of the things that you would love to be able to do and the things that you're grateful that you can even do because of how much you've grown as a person, the fact that you can walk, the fact that you can dribble, the fact that you can shoot a little bit. You got a nice shot, coach. And I said, but as far as your history, I'm never going to look at you different because of what you have. I need you to be a good coach. That's it. And that's when he started to cry. And he said, you know, you're the first person outside of my family that's ever looked at me like I was normal and told me I was normal. I said, dude, it doesn't matter what we've been through. I said, none of this, you don't care about any of the past that I've gone through. You don't care that my dad was paralyzed for 20 years before he, he actually he passed that's during that season. But I was like, you don't care. I was like, you care about how I, well, in the third quarter when we're down by six and we need a bucket, you care that I can try and get us a bucket. Nothing of my life, the, these stories, these inspirational stories, and I try to tell people to stop playing God because they're like, okay, I'm in the moment, but like this is for me and let's find the silver lining. It's like, stop, live your life in that moment. Stop trying to figure it out. Think about it later. Think about it at the end of the day. And I understand there's a little bit of, uh, hey, this could help you and that like diminish it, but just feel the energy. Let it, come, let it flow through you and then be, and just play. Keep playing. Keep making decisions during your day. Keep doing stuff and trust yourself when you put yourself in these scenarios that you can work your way through it. And the way you do that is by trusting who you are. And that's exactly what we've been talking about today. That's exactly what Steve was talking about when I first came in the room is it's, there's, there's not this one-fits-all strategy. It's you wake up and you're present with whoever's standing in front of you. And that's why he probably talks the way that he does. He can correct me if I'm wrong, but he probably goes off of what TM says because he's like, no, I'm just gonna, I trust myself. I trust Stephen Kuhn to be incredibly present with these people and give them my best ability, which is I'm going to be present with them and help them grow and help them think about something differently today to where they have a better life because they met me. And whether and I, I don't care, like if you've met me 
and you this is your first time ever and you've heard me speak for three minutes or you've heard me speak for the last year and a half on this app or for some reason you followed me on TikTok back in the day and you saw me doing ridiculous things like Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey impersonations or or uh, that shit. I'm not going. You know, whatever whatever you whatever you knew me as. What would I what? Like, oh my god, I love doing that kind of stuff. I I've grown over the years, but regardless, I always wanted someone to leave and walk away and be like, you know what? I'm really sneaking glad I met that guy. I'm really glad. You know, and, and that didn't happen on a consistent basis until I stepped into who I was. That didn't happen in like for my teammates. There's a lady that I was going to coach. And I don't know if we're uh, still to work together. I came down to L.A. And, and I started moving down here and started getting my life situation. If you're in L.A., by the way, reach out to me. I would love to meet some people and give some hugs and some high fives and or some whatever. You're I am in L.A. This All is right. Anna. Reach out to me. I'm sure there's plenty of people like that. Yeah. Um, but the but the one thing uh, I was going to say, uh, I lost my thought. Oh, is was um, I I didn't my life didn't change until I was comfortable being Jeremy in any situation in any situation. And the one thing that I, I struggled with, and this some certain nice people do as well, is I I wanted to be a chameleon in every setting. I wanted people to like me so bad. I wanted to fit in. If anything, I didn't want to stand out because put felt like I put a lot of pressure on myself. And so in the basketball world, I'm the only white player on every team, usually. And especially in the United States, when I'm overseas, you know, it's, uh, I'm usually the only, one of the only Americans. And so I'm kind of always a little bit different than the others. Uh, you know, I, I don't listen to the same music uh, all the time. I don't, I don't talk about the same things. But it was, I told this lady, I said, you know, who's going to step into a position of power. And she's this awesome, wonderful black woman. And I said, you know, you have you might have this vision and I, I told her the story of my coach too i said coach there there is no perfect practice this isn't coach carter and i told her as she was stepping into a position of power i was like you know this isn't a movie i, I respect the fact that you're one of the first minority black women in your company to be in this position i think there's a part of you that's like you know why now oh, okay now you want to listen to me or do you really want to listen to me or am i the token person and she's like yeah absolutely and i was like okay well number one i was like you know there's not this added pressure. There's not going to be like 18 people in this boardroom that's going to be like, oh, hey, here it is. We're waiting for something amazing to happen because maybe she has a different perspective than ours. No, it's because you are who you are. But I was like, I want to give you the freedom to to be black. I want to give you the freedom to be exactly who the person that you that, that you were made to be and called to be because it's beautiful and it's awesome. And I was like, at some point in my life, I had to have the, the freedom to be myself, which is I, I like Backstreet Boys. I like playing cards. I, I like singing. So I'll be on the bench singing. I used to be afraid to do that because I wanted to be more like Tyler Hero, who's if you guys don't know is this, this white kid on the the Miami Heat, and he has tattoos and he and he walks around like a little more hard, like he walks around like he's like I, I you know he's cool. And I always wanted to be cool. I always wanted to fit in. And, and when I when I saw the the black culture, I was like, this is the coolest culture in the world. But I realized it it has nothing to do with being white and black. It has everything to to do with the, like the strength of who they just are in, the, in, in general and how amazing they are. It had nothing to do with that. I was like, it's so I was like, oh my gosh, like I had this idea put into me at such a young age that like, you know, I, I came from a, like a mostly white school. I was like, this is how they're supposed to act and this is how they're supposed to act. And it was horrible. It was horrible. It was something that came so naturally. And I think that's why there's been a lot of change that's been brought up over the last couple of years, especially where people are like, hey, don't you see this? And I had to tell her, I was like, you know, you have to have the courage in these rooms to be exactly who you are, exactly who you are. 
and whatever that looks like. It has nothing to do with white and black at this point. It's like, it's, it's who the world wants you to be and who you want to be. And it was, and it was such an exciting conversation because she was like, oh my gosh. And she was like fired up and she's like, okay, like I got this. And, and at times you, you need to build, again, we have to be able to have those difficult conversations where it's like, who are you? But who are you, are you trying to per, per, portray this character that, the, that you see on a, on a movie or that you want to perceive as perfect? Or are you going to stop putting pressure on yourself and be like, this is who I am and I love this. And I've said this in the room before, and I love that. And when I told my teammate that story, I was sitting on the bench and, and the song was, um, I time of my life and I owe it all to you and I was like singing it on the bench and my and my teammate just started laughing he's like Jerm you are one in a million and I was like yep and I was like I am but I was like it took me a long time I was afraid to act who I was I was I, was, I didn't want to be too white around you guys because I was scared that I wouldn't fit in and he's like dang and I told him the story of my my client too and he's like he's like man he's like that's really cool what you're what you're doing for people for real He's like, I actually listened to you coach people in the car. And I'm like, man, this person is pouring life into this person. And I was like, yeah, and I was afraid to do that in the past. I was afraid to, 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 be, to be different. And then I realized, I was like, my difference could be what makes your life different too. It could be what makes you a better person. And your difference could be what could change my life as well in the most beautiful way when we all embrace who the heck we are and it has nothing to do with our race. It has nothing to do with anything. It's who we are and who we love being. And I think I want to leave you guys with that today because that's where I feel like the stress moved off of me. I grew a half inch at 30. I, I move around. I'm 31 years old in the basketball world. That's quote unquote old. So speaking of father time, but I'm dunking is I dunked on this kid today so hard. Oh my God. It was hilarious. My trainer turned around, came up on the ground. Oh, it was great. But father time is fighting me at this point because I don't have the stress in my life because I embrace and love who I am. And I'm not going to put on the hats and feel like I need to save the world or have this perfect day or have this perfect speech or have this perfect anything i get to be who i am and i get to love that and so do you and when you embrace that the whole world changes around you and the world gets out of your way because you just know yourself being inside and out so i know we only have a couple minutes and i i kind of kept going there because i feel like that was an important point but if anyone would love to run mic and, and ask a question or share a thought i'd, I'd love to go there Go ahead. I hear someone on mic. Hey, Jeremy. It's Donnie. Hey, Donnie. Good morning to you. How are you, man? Great, man. Um, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Because you coach, you know your stuff, you know, you know the right things to tell yourself, but, you know, we're still human beings and we still care about people and we still deal with stuff. And, you know, I'm applying this to myself because I want to hear your perspective. Let's say you have invested a lot of time in, let's say, a relationship, and you know it's you got to cut this person loose. What do you tell yourself? Then I'm not. Then if I need to cut that person off, I'm not doing any. I'm not harming them in any way. I'm trying to care for myself a little bit more. And so I'll tell you that there was a 55 year old piano teacher that I had in my life, and uh, he was a little bit of a drunk at times. And he had one moment where he was a little overly physical. Um, and I remember like I, we'd been, we had been friends for a very long time and he had been my piano instructor. And I remember just being like, Hey, like I every about once a year, I answer the phone and be like, Hey man. Yeah. Oh, it's great to hear from you. Love that. 
you know, and I wish them the best because I realized the next people came into my life. I opened, I removed, I opened the space for somebody else to step into that. And so what kind of relationship do you mean? Like a, uh, like a relationship, like with the, like a, like female or a male or someone like that, that that's close to you or do you mean like a family member? What do you mean? Uh, it, it, like a girlfriend, like, you know, I, I can look back and see where I've regretted what I did, but like, I didn't know what I was doing when I got into it. And I was coaching in my own relationship, which was a huge mistake, but you invest all that time and energy. And then when it comes time to cut loose, like I didn't want to, and, and it really hurt me and alcohol was part of it, uh, for that other person. And, you know, you, you really just spoke to that too. So it, it's interesting to hear that you even brought that up. Yeah. There's no coincidences, man. And you and I can have a full, longer conversation because we're kind of coming to the end of my segment. But I think the thing I want to say for everyone in the room, uh, when they're walking away from a relationship, whether it's one that's been quick or one that they've had for a long time, um, the ability to number one, wish that person incredibly well and to have those core opinions of being like, look, everyone, the thing that I like to say to people now is everyone deserves to have someone that looks at them like someone looks at like a quesadilla at times when they have an eight and six hours or, or an ice cream cone and just be so incredibly thrilled that that person's in their life. And it's just not that way. And, and the ability to be incredibly honest actually is the ability to set them free and allow them to have that hold that space for somebody else. And so it's, it's if anything, I, I talked the way that I say it to myself is I'm going to lift this person up kind of like what I was saying with that person that was on the couch and be like, look, you deserve to have someone that's just going to light your world up. And I'm not going to be that person because I'm not there physically, spiritually, and mentally with you anymore. And it's hard. It's so freaking hard. And a lot of times people, I, I, I impress onto people, like, if you want to cry in that moment as you're saying this, cry. Like, feel that. Feel that emotion because it's important for that person to see that. Like, you're like, because you feel like you're giving up and you're like, you know, on, on this, this thing that you've had for, for two years, for five years, for six years, for 10 years, for 15 years. And it's, it's like, that should be, there should be a lot of emotion with that. And you can even tell them like, Hey, I cried about this for, for four hours the other day as I was kind of deleting pictures and going through some things or deciding what I wanted to do as I moved on and know how difficult this was for me. And I remember the first time I got out of a two and a half year relationship that I want, we were going to get married. I remember I called her, her dad and her mom and her fan, and her sisters before. And I said, I need you guys to be there for her because I'm not going to, I'm not going to after this. I know I'm going to want to, I know I'm going to want to care about her. But in this moment, I'm going to be the one that actually hurts her. And I called him. I said, thank you. Thank you for being like a second family to me. Thank you for being like so incredible to me and being welcomed. And you're like a second father. And I didn't even have one because he was hurt. And I just said, I want to let you know how important that was to me in my life. And then I called her and I said, hey, you know, I know you want to follow me to college. And I know you want to kind of give up on dance. And I can never let you do that because I don't want to be sitting 15 years down the road with two kids and have you be like, I should have. I could have went into my career a little bit more. And we're just, we're young. And I was like, I love you so much. And I started to cry. And I was like, I can't do that to you. I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen in my life. I have no idea the stability I'm going to have. I have no idea what's going to happen in sports. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. And when I, and I just, I can't do that because I know you want something different. And I said, I love you. And I said, I have to go. And I'm not calling back. And I cried. I cried so hard that night. And I didn't talk to her for six months. And when she finally called me, she called me. And this is the last thing I'll say. I know I've gone three minutes over, so I'm sorry. I apologize to the person I'm handing the mic to. But I said, she called me six months later. She called me crying. And I stepped out of my class. And I was at the University of Portland. And I was like, hey, hey, breathe, breathe. For the love of God, breathe. She was like, you know, in that sobbing where she could, where couldn't get in control in between. She goes, Jeremy, I'm sitting in my English class. 
and I'm listening. There's 193 people in this auditorium. I'm in close one of the front rows, and my English teacher is telling a story about her husband that she followed to college. And they had two kids together, Jeremy, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and they're beautiful. They're beautiful. <laughs> and she goes, and she resented him because she quit her dreams to follow his, to play baseball of all things and follow him around the country. And they ended up getting a divorce. They're, they're working on getting a divorce right now. She goes, I remember how hard that was for you when you broke up with me. And I just wanted to say thank you. And so you don't know the people, that, the space that we're holding on to sometimes could be the space that somebody needs for their own life. So it's not always a bad thing. It could be a maybe and it could be a really good thing for somebody else. So I'm going to leave it at that because I went four, months, four minutes over, but I thought that was a really important question and I wanted to keep going on. So this was Jeremy. Thank you so much for my time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.